Well, I want to welcome you to uh, this season of Lent here and also to this new series as uh, this series will carry us then through this season and all the way up into Holy Week and uh, lead us into Easter as well. Uh, and Lent is simply this 40-day period of reflection. It's a period uh, to get ready, to uh, prepare, as we're calling this series. Uh, it's a season of preparation so that we don't just enter Holy Week and, and see the events of Easter, our Savior dying and rising for us, uh, just uh, kind of as another thing we do that year, but instead so that we're prepared in heart and mind uh, for those incredible things and really what that means for our lives. Uh, and so with that, I actually want to extend once again a, a special invitation to, to uh, uh, an encouragement to come to our midweek worship services. Uh, it begins here this Wednesday with the official start of Lent. That's Ash Wednesday. Uh, it's this opportunity to receive uh, the sign of the cross, uh, receive the imposition of ashes to remember our dirtiness, but then also uh, to prepare for the cleanliness of Christ to be placed upon us. Uh, and these extra worship opportunities aren't just extra worship opportunities. Uh, they're actually very important things uh, because that is what this season of Lent is all about. It's a time of prayer, of confession, of repentance, of getting ready for God to do incredible things as Jesus dies and rises for us. So just an encouragement to you, 7 p.m. this Wednesday, uh, and then following that we'll have 6 p.m. Uh, soup supper before that. Uh, great time of fellowship and a meal, so you're not hungry during church. And then uh, after that, we'll have uh, worship at 7 uh, after those soup suppers after Ash Wednesday. So encourage you to that. Uh, and that's what we're doing a little bit of on the weekend as well, because uh, we're taking this opportunity on the weekends for this Lenten series uh, to assess our lives and really to make maybe some adjustments as well so that we can recalibrate into God's way of living and of loving one another. Uh, and we do that as we discover the truth of J our Savior Jesus coming into the world, not to condemn it, but to save it. And that's a truth I really want to, to have stick with you throughout this season of Lent and through this series. And one specific thing I think it's safe to say that Jesus certainly saved us from is our topic for today. Jesus saved us from shallow religion. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, maybe this picture will help. It's a little bit like having a boat, having something to float on to, to get around in. A, it's a mode of transportation on the water, uh, but then not being able to really go anywhere with it at all. Here you can see it's just a boat sitting in the shallows, whether the tide has gone out or if, uh, they, somebody has uh, missteered the boat into uh, the shallow part of the water. Whatever the reason is, that boat's not going very far without a great deal of help, right? And so that's kind of what shallow religion is like. It's high, so having religion that has a lot of words, a lot of rules, a lot of things you've got to do to kind of make your salvation happen, but not really having any depth, no real change, no real transformation in your life, no real meaning that has done anything for you whatsoever other than maybe complicate your life. And so that's what we see through what happens when Jesus goes to the cross and the grave for us, that God actually brings that transformation into our lives. He transforms us into people who live his way, people who uh, serve and love one another, and not people who just 
fall into shallow religion where we serve ourselves and really just have fear at the next thing that could cause turmoil in our lives. And so today then, we take a moment to look at Matthew chapter 6. It's the teaching of Jesus. It's his Sermon on the Mount. And he basically is just sharing a lot of things, teaching us a lot of things that look like a life in the kingdom of God. It's a life that is lived knowing that we have salvation brought about by Christ. It's salvation that can't come from shallow religion. It's telling us of a life of deep faith and transformation. And so that's exactly what Jesus starts with in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. He says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others. That's shallow religion, to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. In other words, with shallow religion, the reward is simply the recognition of others and doing things right, so to speak, for the sake of getting that the benefit of others praising you. And so Jesus then turns to these three practices that really guide a life of change, a life that is filled with our knowledge of God and deep faith. Jesus references giving, praying, and fasting. Basically what Jesus is doing is he's saying, hey, there's two ways you can live your life. There's the empty and shallow way where you just do all this stuff because you feel you have to, uh, because you just go through the motions and that's what you do. Or there's a second way where you do these things because you have been transformed and changed. And so we look then at those three examples, these three practices, as Jesus puts it, of transformation, things that we do because we want to live God's way and because God has truly instilled faith in our hearts. But I want you to notice as well that in the, in the midst of this, nowhere does Jesus talk about the goal of growing in knowledge, though that's a good thing. It's good to have knowledge of our faith and of our God, but it's not the goal. And our goal also isn't to grow in information about Scripture, though that's good too. That informs the foundation we have. And it's certainly not to check any of these practices off of a list as if it's something that we've accomplished or a task we've completed. The goal with doing each of these practices is to prepare our hearts for the sacrifice of Jesus and especially to grow in our faith. So once we understand that, we can first then look at Jesus' first practice he shares with us, that of giving. And he says about that, when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Now, the first thing I want you to notice as we go through these is how Jesus phrases this. He doesn't say, now, if you give. No, he says, when. When you do these things. In other words, if you're a follower of Christ, this is just something you do. It's not something that is, a, is done begrudgingly or done because you feel you have to, but instead it's just a natural part of giving thanks for the gifts we've been given from God. And as you become more like Christ, then you, you give money or food when it's necessary. You give of your clothing or, or your time. You give of your abilities. 
You basically just give what is needed at that moment, whatever need you recognize in front of you. You're simply giving of what gifts God has already given you. How, if we only need to list one, how Jesus rose on our behalf and gave us the promise of eternal life and salvation here today. But it's more, too, than just what you give. We can get stuck on making sure we give the right amount or the right things, but maybe even more importantly, it's, it's how you give. And Jesus continues with that idea. He says, okay, when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Jesus says the best way to do this practice and the others is without any recognition, without the one thing we often long for. It's the very reason we post all the great things that happen to us on social media. It's why we expect a thank you card when we give a gift to somebody else because we want the recognition for what we did. It's the reason that we want affirmation and accolades for any great thing that we do. But Jesus says, that's not my way. Instead, he tells us that he'd like us to be so secure in our faith that we just do these things because that's what, what comes naturally. That's what we should be doing. No matter what recognition we get, we look at the sacrifice of Christ and say, hey, I can do a lot of things because of how he has blessed me. You know, what's interesting is one side effect from doing any of these things in this secret way, as Jesus puts it, is that in the process, it actually puts a slow death to your ego, to the thing that we often try to build up, the where we seek recognition and, and such things, to build up our egos. Instead, when we give in secret, it doesn't fuel our ego, it fuels our faith. Our faith in God's goodness, in his promises, in Jesus' sacrifice and his gracious gifts to you and me. It's why we consider this as a way of preparing for Holy Week and Easter. So giving certainly then is one way we, we grow into and have a Christ-like life. But Jesus doesn't just give us one practice. He continues and he mentions practice of praying, of prayer. He says, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Now, it, raise your hand if you've ever stood on a street corner and prayed to God publicly. Really, nobody? Oh, okay. Thought there'd be more. No. I, obviously, I don't think any of us have done that, right? But Jesus isn't just saying, well, don't do that. No, he's saying, don't just do prayer because you want others to see or because you want others to see that you're religious or you have some belief because you pray all the time. No, prayer is something much simpler. So really... There's not a lot to be said about this other than I want to give you the encouragement, especially in this season, to dedicate time to prayer. Because prayer is this invitation by our God to simply talk 
to him. It's an opportunity to share our cares, our concerns, to give him thanks, to, to, to show him praise for what, what he has done for us. It's also a great time to, to listen to our God as he speaks to you through his word, through the promptings of the Holy Spirit, to recognize the guidance that he sends to us through others that surround us. In fact, here's something very simple that you can try, try daily. Uh, if this is not something that you've found yourself able to do in the past, uh, Lent is a great time to start this practice. You can start with just maybe five minutes of prayer. You might just need those five minutes to start with, or maybe you find yourself uh, going longer and pouring out your heart to God. Either way, the importance is, is finding a starting point. Because as Jesus says, truly, I tell you, then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. We don't know exactly what God has in store for us, but we do know that He rewards us daily with a deepening of our faith, with continuing to draw us closer to Him, and with those promises of eternal life brought about by our Savior Jesus. And that same God invites us to talk to Him in prayer. So giving and praying then are both parts of adjusting back into God's way of living. But then Jesus continues on to this final practice in Matthew 6 of, I had one more verse there, I guess, of fasting. Now, you might wonder, first of all, well, what is fasting? Well, let's see what Jesus says about it first. When you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Well, it's interesting kind of how he phrases fasting. So who thinks of fasting as refraining from food for a while? Is that kind of what comes to mind, first of all? Yeah, pretty much all of us. We do this for maybe a procedure of some kind, or maybe uh, we do it for our health. Some, some people do that as well. But often we think of fasting as not eating for a certain period of time. But really, it's simply a practice of letting something go, of, of refraining from something for at least a certain period of time, but maybe permanently. That's why Jesus puts it the way he does. He says, hey, just basically go about your life normally, no matter what you're giving up in your life. Whether it's giving up food, some electronics, something else. Maybe even something good that's not inherently bad, but has stolen your time, your energy, or your focus from God. As you fast, as you let go of something... It's another chance to reset and recalibrate into God's way of living as we prepare for Easter. And so it's with that that I ask the question, well, what do you need to let go of? What is pulling you away from God? What is maybe a distraction to you? What is a negative influence in your life? Maybe it is some kind of a food or... It's alcohol or some sweets of some kind. Maybe it's a certain TV show or, or, or maybe it's your Netflix account or one of the 50 million other streaming services out there. This is your excuse to go ahead and cancel that just if you needed one. 
Maybe it is a, a sport of some kind or a hobby or an activity that you need to let go of. Or it's your social media presence, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, something else that maybe you aren't using in a bad way, but just takes unnecessary energy and focus away. There's a ton of other things that I could list, maybe you could list, but my hope is that one, there is something that sticks out to you that can serve as part of your preparation to celebrate Jesus dying for us and then rising again and to not let anything steal that joy and that celebration away because that is where our salvation and eternal life with God comes from. And whatever it is, the goal of fasting from these things is to put your focus back on God and to allow that space for your faith to grow. And so these 40 days of Lent then are a great time for us to assess ourselves, to use these practices and, and, and many other things from Scripture to adjust back into God's way of living and of loving one another. It's always good to have another reason, another opportunity to do that. And it's always important to remember that God did not send his son into the world to condemn us for because of how we failed to do any of these things, but instead to save us, to put us on the right path, to give us that true change and transformation that does not come from shallow religion. So maybe it's these practices of giving, praying, and fasting that can guide us back into focus on our salvation and our faith. But either way, it's my prayer that Jesus will work to continue to transform your hearts and your minds more into his likeness and to receive Jesus' love and his goodness, especially during this Lenten season. As we are cleansed, as we see our dirtiness, but then are cleansed because of Jesus' sacrifice. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God Almighty, uh, we, uh, we enter this season of Lent uh, uh, sometimes uh, uh, with, with a heaviness upon our heart as uh, uh, we, uh, we consider our dirtiness and we consider how we have uh, maybe failed to, uh, to keep these practices, the things that, that come along with being changed by the faith that you have given us, that you work in our lives. Uh, but Lord, we also recognize how uh, you cleanse us, how you, you return us to you, how you, you uh, continue to work on our hearts and our minds to focus on you. And Lord, uh, may that be exactly what happens as we uh, uh, take this season for preparation, for readiness, and for excitement, for the, the wonders uh, that our Lord, or that your son Jesus would go to the cross and then ultimately would rise again on our behalf. Lord, set our minds on these things and guide us to continue to give thanks and praise to you. Amen.